Welcome to the Sports Inside Podcast here on Anchor. It is Monday and we are ready to start a fresh new week um, of the Sports Inside Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and welcome in. So, to begin this first episode of our week this week, I will begin with saying um, we got some big news um, today. Um, and it starts in college football, biggest news of the day, um, with University of Texas and Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma will be planning to get a application to join the SEC, um, after 2025, um, they're going to play in the Big 12 this year, um, and everything will be normal, but both teams will be um, out of the Big 12 in a matter of a couple years. So it shouldn't be um, really that hard and complicated to do. Um, in my thoughts on that, I feel like it's a little strange to see that happening, um, only because both teams are basically super duper far away um from all the southeast teams um Oklahoma is really far it's like almost half away across the country um and then Texas is like in the middle i guess so i mean that's not that bad but um it's definitely going to be a lot um of money to travel um different places instead of like um having it shortened like when when you think about the SEC um you got South Carolina, Kentucky um those are like 10 hours but i mean it's not as bad as Oklahoma traveling to um like South Carolina or Florida or something like that's crazy um so it will cost a lot of money. Um, Commissioner Greg Sankey um, has stated that before that it will be a there'll be that problem only. Um, but other than that, it seems like a pretty good thing. Um, I just feel like Texas doesn't really fit, um, and the Big Twelve necessarily isn't like gone, I would say, because you still have Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, um, and Kansas State can do something, um, but, yeah, I don't really see too much out of there other than that, uh, that's just the, the issue that, um, that has arose, um, when we think about, um, something like this, um, going on, but, um, if you really if you really uh look at it not too bad um other than that we'll continue on with NFL news to start um this first segment so NFL news um so uh, okay so the whole Aaron Rodgers um like possibly trade rumors with Green Bay um, he's hinted that he's going to come back and play for Green Bay. 
Um, not necessarily has said that he's going to come back to Green Bay and play as a definite choice, like 100%, no doubt about it. Um, but he's hinted that he kind of will lean towards that option again and giving it a, another try. But here's the thing. If you want to win a championship and they don't give you anybody else to throw the ball to or they don't give you any any protection whatsoever, I'm telling you that it's it's interesting. Because if I look at what Aaron Rodgers has done, Aaron Rodgers is good, and Aaron Rodgers has won a championship, saying that he had Jordy Nelson, Richard Rodgers, in that time frame as well. So there's an interesting one there. And both of those guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. Jordy Nelson should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. Um, and so considering that the NFL makes these stupid moves where they're not, or NFL teams in the NFL itself, okay, we got problems with Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame, we have problems with teams in their quarterbacks that are great quarterbacks and great caliber quarterbacks in championship-caliber quarterbacks or are champions and they want to win another one, but they're not, but they're being held back from doing that. And that is what exactly how it happened. Because right after that, right after that um, Super Bowl win, the next season they fired Mike McCarthy um, and brought in Matt LaFleur, and he's been there ever since. So... That's the interesting part about um, being part of a team is that if you look at a new head coach, okay, they win 12 games, they make the playoffs, they win one game, they go into the NFC Championship game, they should win that game, and then they blew it. And really, it seriously should have been a interesting thing. Here's another one. Here's another um, good quick comparison to the situation that Aaron Rodgers is in. Um, Apparently, he doesn't have enough weapons um, on his team, Um, and I agree with that because he only has Devontae Adams and Robert Tanyan basically to throw throw the ball to um, other than Valdez Scantling, and, and he used to have Randall Cobb, too, as well. So, it's definitely a change for him because he's lost a lot of guys. If he would have had, um, so uh, excuses for, he does have valid points in why um, he would rather want to leave. Um, But if you look at what Derek Carr had, and he had a caliber team where they could win a championship and they didn't, um, there's an interesting one there as well because, um, I mean, you look at it. He he had Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, one of the best O-lines in football with Rodney Hudson at center, um, a really, really stacked defense, Khalil Mack um, on the defensive line, 
and then you lose those guys, and now you're in a hole, and everyone blames you because you haven't won a championship even with those players. Um, Derek, okay, so here I'm saying that even quarterbacks that have guys to throw the ball to that were really, really well, they couldn't do it, and um, Aaron Rodgers did it. Now he wants to do it again. See, there's people that find they're trying to find a championship, and there's people that are trying to get they're trying to repeat a championship season. And here's the thing about it. Aaron Rodgers can do that, and we've seen that the last couple years. He's been in the NFC Championship game and lost. I feel like you need to give him what he wants. He is a great, talented quarterback. Um, He's an elite quarterback. He is one of the best to ever do it. He's won MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to Pro Bowls. What else do you want from him? to To be able to do it, he can't do it all on his own. He has to. He has to be able to throw the ball. He has to be able to use his running back, and he does. So, if he, if he can get another piece to what he needs, at least just one, just one. Maybe maybe Amari Cooper, maybe Michael Gallup, um, maybe t- um Terry McLaurin, um. Maybe Curtis Samuel, maybe Robbie Anderson, um, maybe Allen Robinson. Maybe, I mean, seriously, there's tons and tons and tons of wide receivers that could do it, and they can they can do it at such a high level of football, um, and we've seen that it's going to affect you if you don't have people around you that will um utilize uh be utilized in your offense really well. And if there's people that don't fit, get rid of them and get um new players. Maybe draft a wide receiver and get um I mean you had chances at guys um I mean Rondell Moore um There's guys that can do spectacular things. And here's the thing. If the Packers tank, what they can do is they can get a wide receiver to be in a great position for them and utilize him very, very well and use him effectively in their offense and it'd be better um, for Aaron Rodgers in this situation. So if he does decide to come back, you have to be able to make a promise to where you are going to get him um, help and get him people around him and make him a championship, make this a championship team because it is, and you're not using it as one. And that's what the Packers lack. Um, And I feel like everyone knows it. Everyone sees it. Everyone knows it. It will not be, um, it will be, it will not be um it will not be rock and science really um coming up after this um so that will so we will um in the segment here we will 
get into some Major League Baseball trade uh, deadline news coming up in segment number two. Segment number three will bring you the AFC East predictions. Who will I think will come out of the East Division? Will Miami be strong with returning man Tua? Or will it be Cam's bounce back year as people... Uh, keep saying, or will it be the new guy, Mac Jones in New England? What about the Bills? Will they make a Super Bowl run this year with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen? Or will it be the New York Jets with Zach Wilson um, and Robert Sala? So we will get into our AFC East predictions in segment number three. We will have a great show throughout the week. Um, coming up with big news on Thursday, on Wednesday. Um, I will talk about Thursday's episode and our first special guest of the whole year um, will be on Thursday's show. We'll be right back on the Sports Inside Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wes the Yukon. And we will return with segment number two on the MLB trade deadline news. Coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Sports Inside Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and we will start segment number two by talking about uh, the MLB trade deadline as we will... Go ahead and speak on this. Adam Frazier, not on the Pirates anymore. He's sent to San Diego as of yesterday. Um, and it's a very interesting trade. It's a great trade, um, in my opinion, because um, if you look at what he's done for the Pirates, um, he's done a great job of consistently hitting and um, fielding um for a low cal- caliber team and now he's on a championship contender or a world series contender whatever you want to call it um and paired up with Fernando Tatis is going to be a key thing for Adam Frazier um especially if you look at what he can do with the bat um, both guys can hit really, really well, um, and they can field really, 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 really well, so communication is the only key thing that will, will differ them, I guess, um, in certain areas, and I feel like, um, both players have what it takes to be, make a great duo and, and, um, lead San Diego, to um the playoffs um you just have to be really really good down the stretch um and if you can do that then it makes it a lot easier um to do um and it makes it a lot easier on your team of course because um you're improving as a group um so, when it came to second baseman, um, Adam Frazier was an all-star this year, um, and that was great. Um, 
to see because if you look at it, All Stars, um, All Stars, um, are the guys that um are in improving really really well, and they have a certain way of getting to that point where they're considered to be in that conversation and um the way they do that is is they show um what they can do hitting and fielding um and um being really 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 good um and reasons for that is you look at how um good people can be um and how good um he is at his position so if he improves um their second base uh their second base um issue that they've had um and he develops a connection with Fernando Tatis he can be really 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 dangerous when it comes to they can be really really dangerous when it comes to um best duos of second base and shortstop in the National League. And they could probably be one of the top um, there, too, as well. Um, And I don't see many people um, competing. There either. um, Because I don't see it as... um, I don't see it as um, people can't compete with them. It's just, it's hard to say that an all-star shortstop and an all-star second baseman will not have a super great connection if they played together in a a game. Um, And now on the same team, it makes a lot of sense that they could be a great um, duo uh, for San Diego, and it would be very beneficial to what they're trying to do as a team because if you look at what they're trying to do they're looking for um a playoff appearance they're looking to cement themselves in in a west conversation um after always the Dodgers um leading and then uh the 27 diamond the 2017 Diamondbacks um you look at what they did too. They had Grinky, they had JD Martinez. Um and it it seriously it gives me um a chance that we have developed um sort of I guess it's either it now it's starting to build up to where it could be um three man races in every single um three team races in every single um division um depending on how the central divisions go because um it doesn't seem like central divisions really fit that um caliber but NL East is always packed AL East is getting there uh Toronto's coming up uh with the Red Sox and the Rays and the Yankees um have fallen down a little bit um, but the Yankees could also be in that mix, and one of those teams would drop. Um, probably Toronto, if I would say. Um, so, um, that's in between there, and then Baltimore's at the bottom. Um, 
And then in all East, you look at it, Phillies, Braves, um, Mets, Nationals. Um, that's, that's interesting because um, it's usually the Nationals and the Mets that are on the outside of those two teams in the Phillies and the Braves. Um, but it seems like the Mets and the Braves this time with the Phillies right behind them and then the Nationals just trailing, trailing behind. Um, and I feel like we need to say that um, in that top-tier team, the Mets are there, and uh, most people predicted that it's the Braves, the Phillies, and then the Mets trailing right behind uh, the Nationals. Um, but um, we saw a little bit of a jump from, uh, a lot of a jump from the Mets uh, this year. So when it comes to three... Uh, Three man races in the um, in the whole uh, NFL or the MLB because um, you look at what um, the Braves and the Mets can do along with the Phillies and the Nationals, they are really, really, really close um, games. Um, so the Braves forty eight and fifty, Mets fifty two and forty four, um, Phillies forty nine and forty nine, Nationals forty five and fifty three. Really not that really not that far apart. Um, Atlanta one game back of the Phillies, um, the Phillies four games back of the Mets. Not bad, um, and then the. Um, Nationals are four games back of the Phillies, um, and three from the Braves. So not too bad. And then you see these, and then you see, um, three man race in the in L West in uh, San Francisco at the lead, um, sixty two and thirty seven. Um, one game back of them is the Dodgers, sixty two, well sixty one and forty. Um. With the Padres three and a half games back of the Dodgers, um, and five and a half from the Giants, um, and uh, that's another three man race that's only five and a half games back of the lead, um, and then you see big deficits as. There's no doubt. Okay, so New York eight games back of Tampa Bay, um, but nine away from the lead, and then Tampa Bay is one game back of Boston right now. So not too bad of a three. So I see three-man race in there. Um, I still don't think that if you're not, if you're you're still in a, if you're in second or third place, you're fine um, because there's a lot of game to be played. But if you're in second place and you're nine games back like the Indians are to the White Sox, and or if you're the Royals and you're 16 games back, or you're the Tigers and you're 13 games back, or you're even the Twins and you're 17 and a half games back, I seriously don't consider that a three-man race at all because you're almost a double digits. And you're in second place. 
you're in second place, but you're almost double digits games back of behind your first place team that's in your division. Um, so I consider um, the East really a three a three way with Atlanta, F- Philadelphia, and New York, um, and then here as well, um, Central Division of the NL. Um, Milwaukee up six and a half games and then eight and nine on uh, St. Louis and Chicago and then 19 and a half um, from the Pirates. So seriously, I don't see too much from there. And then we're just going to we're going to put that in a three way for um, San Francisco, Los Angeles and San Diego Um, for those. And I mean, I feel like that's how that is, um, of course. And um, I feel like it's a three-way f- between Seattle, Oakland, and Houston, um, with still a bunch of games to be played. But if you're like almost nine, thirteen, sixteen, nine and a half, those types of uh, those types of things, or if you're eight and you're Washington. Um, or if you're eight in St. Louis or nine in Chicago, I don't see you in that three railway. Um, but, um, I feel like, um, there's a certain, um, I'd say five is pretty much you're inside of a three way or five and a half. Maybe I could give it to you. Um, but definitely we're seeing a lot more of three way, um, as the years go on, um, and wild card right now, um, is definitely going to be interesting here, um, so, um, Tampa Bay at the top of the American League, followed by Oakland, Seattle, um, the Yankees, uh, Toronto, Cleveland, the Angels, um, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota, Texas, uh, Texas, and of course Baltimore. Um, the uh, the Dodgers, of course, um, at the lead of there. Um, San Diego. Uh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Chicago Cubs, um, Atlanta, Washington, Colorado, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. Um, the all the teams fighting for wild card. Pretty much, I would say maybe have a chance. Um, I'd say halfway through, so probably I would disqualify um, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota, Texas, and Baltimore, and I would disqualify um, Washington, Colorado, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Arizona, and um, keep those keep a close eye on sh- the Cubs and the Braves and the Phillies and the Cardinals. Um, because 
only seven and eight games back of first place in the wild card is not a bad thing uh, to be, especially and if you're Cincinnati, um, you're not too far behind either. They've been playing really, really well with, um, with only being five and a half games back of first place in National League wild card. There, um, so not bad, not bad. I see um three ways, um. Still there. Um, wild card really depends on um, how you uh, do that and value it, but um, should be interesting. So in Major League Baseball, um, San Francisco leads sixty-two and thirty-seven, um, with Houston sixty-one and thirty-nine, along with Boston. Also there, uh, both tied at second. Um, the Dodgers at 61 and 40. Uh, and both leagues seem to be um, interesting here because um, this is really, really really key for many um many people to debate on whether major league baseball um really should be cut down um in games um i feel like it's a great uh way to have um long games so that way people can ha- uh basically have more and more chances to build it a roster not to be horrible, um, but to improve pretty much every single day if you're on the bottom spectrum, um, like teams with 49, 50, uh, 47, 48, 45 wins, um, and then, uh, pretty much tank is probably 42, 43, um, wins there. And then middle of the pack, probably 48, 49, 50 wins, 51 maybe, um, 52 or 54 wins. Um, And then getting up there with um, an interesting one uh, here. So... um, Maybe I wouldn't say elite, um, but top tier this year probably uh, fifty eight, fifty nine um, into the sixties. Of course, um, maybe just on the outer edge, I would probably not. But they're at the top tier of their um, fifty six um, wins in the Oakland A's. So. Um, you basically could do anything really um if you wanted to say um how you could rank each section of the major league baseball in which saying teams um fit in um i wouldn't say elite but i would say top tier this year because if you look at what um san francisco has done we haven't seen a full whole career of them doing absolutely amazing things winning 62 games a year um 
but they played really, really well the, um, this year, so this is interesting. Um, so that will end out that will end our second segment um on where to place uh on major league baseball and uh trade deadline things along with taking a look at um standings um that will end segment number 2 here on the Sports Insight podcast here on Anchor I'm your host Wesley Uthon, and we will be right back for segment number three, where I will preview the AL, the AFC East, um, with what we expect from the quarterback competition in Foxborough, along with, uh, returning, uh, to the gardens, uh, Tua and Brian Flores, uh, what will we expect from the Dolphins? Along with what we can expect from Chim- uh, Super Bowl contender Buffalo Bills and uh, Josh Allen at the helm once again. And what can Stefan Diggs bring to this along with the loss of John Brown? So what we can, if, also what can we expect from Zach Wilson in New York, um, with Robert Sala. We'll be right back for segment number three, where I will be previewing the AFC East right after this. Welcome back to the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. You can also find us on Spotify, too, as well. Sports Insight Podcast with with Wesley Youthon. So I'm... We are back for segment number three, um, and I'm going to go ahead and start the AFC East predictions. So starting off, the division winner, um, Buffalo Bills, will um, basically contend for um, a Super Bowl this year. I feel like they can do um, something, I would say. 12 or 13 wins, um, depending on what happens uh, with New England, but they would definitely sweep um, the Dolphins um, and uh, the Jets. Um, New England is an interesting one. It could go either way, um, but I feel like they're going to get um, every single game here, so six wins already, and then... um, I could see six more um, after that, so um, really not much at all um, there as well. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say that they will go 12-5 and five and win their division. I just feel like all the rest of this division is like not going to... Um, be at the standard they want to be at right now. Um, the Dolphins definitely have um, have potential. Um, that is, if Tua can be Tua at Alabama, um, along with uh, rookie quarterback Mac Jones, and of course Tua, who says he's gonna bounce back 
as we've heard for the last um, half decade. But um, I seriously, I don't see much out of the Patriots. Um, I see a little bit more um, uh, over the um, Dolphins. So I would say the Dolphins will... Uh, I would I would say that the Dolphins have more over the Patriots as of right now, um, and the Jets at the bottom. So, um, ugh. I'd say um, I think that ugh. Hmm. I think that I'm gonna go ahead and see this seven and ten for new. Um, I think seven and ten for. Uh, wait, no, not seven and ten. I see ten and seven out of um, Miami. Um, Depends on if they make the wild card or not, um, whether they can do some damage in the playoffs. Me, personally, I don't even think they make the playoffs. I think that somebody else takes the wild card um, spot. Maybe the Panthers. Um, maybe the Panthers in the NFC um, could take a wild card spot. But AFC, it's interesting. Ugh. Because... AFC, if I look at it here, um, Pittsburgh has a shot at a wild card. Um, Ravens have a shot at the wild card. Um, AFC South, I can see Indianapolis having a shot there. Um, the Titans will probably win their division. Um, but the Colts are never out of it. Um, really, because they've really been a dark horse pick to win 10 or 11 games every single year for three or something years. Um, and they've actually been pretty good, especially last year. Um, and then they just threw it away because Phillip Rivers throws it, out of, throws it out of bounds and when he needs to be a hero. But whatever. Um, other than that, um, AFC, really, um, I don't really see too much. Maybe the Chargers could pull out a wild card, depending on what happens in that division. If Imagine if the Raiders would come out of, like, the dead or something. Um, but there's tons and tons of teams that could do it, um, especially Pittsburgh, Baltimore, uh, Los Angeles, uh, the L.A. Chargers, um, Definitely not the Broncos, no. I don't think so. Um, But I feel like um, they do have some work to do to get a wild card, and it would be tough, especially. And especially if um, New England uh, goes ahead of them and is in second place. I would not be surprised if um, Miami doesn't even make it. But I'd say 10 wins right now in Miami in second place. 10 and 7 for the Miami Dolphins. Now, oh, this is an interesting one because New England, we don't even know who we're getting right now. I feel like it's going to be Cam because 
Mac Jones is like. Mac Jones is kind of he's a rookie, undeveloped, so we need to know um, who's going to be, especially with Justin Fields. That's the same exact thing that I would say. Um, we don't know who we're getting. Um, of course, the Bears have that problem. Um, in the NFC North. So here, I really don't feel as confident as I would like to be. Um, but as of right now, um, I see nothing, uh, I mean, seven wins is possible, eight wins is possible, nine is pushing it. I'm going to go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going eight and nine for New England. I don't feel like they're going to be horrible. They're not going to be. Um, They were seven and nine last year. Um, and they had Cam Newton. Cam Newton is coming back because he's probably going to be cut within, within like um, the end of the year. So I feel like it's fine. Eight and nine is okay. Um, of course, defensively you need something. Offensively, you improve definitely. Uh, Corey Davis, Johnu Smith. Um, Hunter Henry. So, right now you're fine. Um, eight and nine is perfectly fine. I don't see nine wins. That's pushing it because if you're going to go ahead and get nine wins, might as well not give Miami the wild card and give it to New England. But seriously, um, I don't see much out of this team anymore. Um, Tom Brady was their chance at being everything that they wanted. Um Nothing to say bad about Bill Belichick. He's a great coach. But Cam is just not the fit in New England. And he says that he's going to bounce back every every single year since his MVP year in 2015. And then he tore his shoulder up. His shoulder will never be the same ever, ever, ever again. Because you can't just go ahead and just like fix that like as it is. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We know that he's going to, he's going to have problems with his shoulder and we know what that, what the issue is. It's not that Cam is old. It's not that Cam can't be a great quarterback. It's not that Cam is horrible or terrible. He's fine. He's decent. It's his shoulder and everyone knows it. He tore it up, and it's just, it's bad. And there's a reason for that in why you can't fix something as valuable as a shoulder is. Um, It's going to be tough. So, um, when thinking about um, what to expect out of um, New England, you got to be better defensively. Um... I don't know about Cam. Cam is interesting me. If Cam all of a sudden has this like amazing, amazing year, it's going to be interesting to watch because it's going to be intriguing to see how um, he had responded and what he did 
to um, get better um, when it comes to being a quarterback um, after such gruesome injuries on a shoulder, which is basically part of your basically part of your whole throw when it comes to accuracy, um, awareness, uh, deep like deep uh, accuracy, medium accuracy, short accuracy, and what you've used um, this like what what you're going to use and what your primary thing is going to be. He's definitely not going to be a deep arm quarterback um like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen, um like uh Russell Wilson. Um but he's still going to try um to get the ball um to his wide receivers and that's a good thing. Um but you have to be careful when um throwing with a bad shoulder um especially deep with pressure coming at you. So, um that's going to be interesting to see how uh it goes. So, when thinking about um what we're supposed to expect from the Jets, um I don't think I think Zach Wilson will be in the exact same spot as um in the exact same spot as we saw what um as we saw how Sam Darnold was, um, Sam Darnold was literally like an undeveloped rookie for like four years, even though he wasn't a rookie the last like three or four years. Um, his offensive line was terrible. His offensive line will be terrible. Sam Darnold's offensive line was terrible. Zach Wilson's offensive line will be terrible. Um, we don't know how Robert Sawyer is going to do, especially with um Zach Wilson and he's probably going to start uh Zach Wilson but what are we getting um I think we're getting a 14 year old and he's um and he's confused on what he's supposed to do great college quarterback I don't know about this um this is a interesting this is an interesting topic here um Really don't really don't know what we're getting here. New head coach, new quarterback, a young a really young quarterback, horrible offensive line. Pretty much no one to throw the ball to um really at all. Uh Frank Gore at running back who who's old and he should be a Hall of Famer, but he's super duper duper old. And he's not as fast as he used to be and powerful as he used to be. Um, so this is going to be interesting. Um, maybe they can get Todd Gurley or something. But seriously, I don't know what we're doing um, with the Jets. We don't know what we're getting. We don't know how Zach Wilson's going to do. Um, and it's going to be hard. And a new head coach, too, so... I don't know how a new coach develops along with a quarterback that needs to develop. So he's going to basically develop himself as a coach while developing a quarterback in which. So so he's developing himself as a coach while developing a quarterback who's literally 14. Um, 
But seriously, all jokes aside about Russell, uh, about Zach Wilson, um, I don't see the Jets really doing too much. I feel like they're going to be the cap at like mm, three and fourteen or three. I think three and fourteen or like two and fifteen or something. Uh, two or three wins, depending on. Um, if they uh, do something really uh, spectacular in a couple games and win some. But I don't really know what to expect um, from a, a young team, and it's going to be interesting to watch. So, yes, um, I don't know what I'm really getting, so I'd see the same exact situation as Sam Darnold was in as a rookie. Um, that will end our segment for the AFC East predictions. When we come back, we will talk about Aaron Rodgers finalizing his deal with the Packers to return on a one-year deal to reunite with um, and become a cheesehead once again. Um, hopefully, they can get him some weapons so he can win a Super Bowl and not kill everyone in there but other than that um that will end segment number three into segment number four we go after this break on the sports inside podcast here on anchor i'm your host wesley youthon and we will be right back after this welcome back to the sports inside podcast here on anchor i'm your host wesley youthon and it is segment number four where we will talk about Quarterback Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay for one more year. They're going to be finalizing a deal today. Um, source Adam Schefter from ESPN. Um, this is interesting, okay? Um, beginning with um, saying that Aaron Rodgers needs needs help around him besides Robert Tanyan and Devontae Adams is a huge, huge, huge key to winning a championship, and how in the world, okay, at least one of the of the management of the Green Bay Packers in Wisconsin would tell me that Aaron Rodgers needs protection, needs help around him, and needs a good offensive line, and. If if they're not going if they're not going to get him something, then he is literally going to be gone after this year. I don't know why you're giving it another try, but it could be interesting if he would if he would go to a different team, maybe maybe Atlanta. Um, but um, that's that's up for debate. But here, um, when talking about Aaron Rodgers. I would say he's an elite quarterback. He's got elite numbers. Um, he's been around for a while. He's won MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay, this is the exact situation as the Eagles were in when they won a Super Bowl. Except they don't win eight more games than... Except Aaron Rodgers wins you eight more games and goes to an NFC championship game, and then you blow it and you miss a field goal. So, 
that's really debatable. That's really, really not going to be up for discussion. You have to you have to use Aaron Rodgers as Aaron Rodgers is. Elite quarterback, needs help, get him a Super Bowl, please. And um details of the deal will um be on ESPN as well. Um so this should be interesting to see what they can do. Um and when I relate it to Philadelphia in this situation, Philadelphia won a Super Bowl and they were great. They were great when they won a Super Bowl and it's interesting because when they they stunk it up after winning a Super Bowl, I mean Four eleven and one yet uh last year. Um, you fired Doug Peterson. But I mean seriously, I don't know what you're doing, okay? So Carson Wentz got benched. Jalen Hurts was pretty, pretty good in his absence, um saying that he was a rookie. Um, that's an understatement to win pretty good um as a rookie and um so when if you're winning games as a rookie and you're Carson Wentz and you're the Eagles you won a Super Bowl and then you stunk it up people will say that okay well we won a Super Bowl and that's all we wanted of course that's great that you wanted to get it and you got it but if you look into the future you don't you can't you can't see yourself just like okay we're going to win a super bowl and then we're and then we're just going to win two games and lose all 14 um the next year because because apparently everybody's super duper happy because we won we won one championship and then everybody's like super duper happy no 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 no, 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 no. uh-uh I don't see that happening, okay? Because you look at Pittsburgh and New England. People are happy because they have won six Super Bowl championships. And they're and they're still winning seven games even after losing Tom Brady. You have Cam Newton at quarterback and you're winning seven games. Please tell me that 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 like seriously. Carson Wentz during, like, okay, Carson Wentz in his career, besides Cam's MVP season, I would say Carson Wentz is way better than Cam Newton, period. And so, when I look at that, I see it in the Packers here. You win a Super Bowl, and then you just, you don't fall off. You lose, you lose Mike McCarthy, which was a great thing. And you're still winning 11 games, and he's telling you what the problem is, and you know what the problem is, and the whole entire NFL knows the problem. Even Robert Manfred knows the problem in Green Bay. Yeah, I said Robert Manfred. The MLB commissioner knows what's going on, and he told Roger Goodell this. So, Roger Goodell knows what the problem is. But the Packers management won't listen to their elite quarterback that's won many MVPs, a Super Bowl, 
led them to 11 to 12 wins the past, like, five or six years. And you're telling me that he didn't start his career till, like, three or four years in, and he was behind Brett Favre. So, if he's going to win you a championship, Brett Favre's going to win you a championship. And he had Jordy Nelson, Richard Rodgers at that time, Randall Cobb, Eddie Lacy. What is so different about this team that that makes that makes this a drastic change? I don't see it. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan. If you get one or two more pieces and get rid of Valdez Scandling, you're fine. You're you are fine. I would put anybody up against Aaron Rodgers, and I would tell you Aaron Rodgers would win you that winning drive. Depending on if you put Tom Brady in there, but other than other than that, I'd put him up against Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, um, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, um, Tyrod Taylor, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, um, and I feel like that is the point that people are trying to get across to the Packers, but they're not listening. It's interesting to see a player beg for something to happen and he is not he's not saying that he's demanding that you that um we like he knows he has to work for a Super Bowl of course to get through um the playoffs and he's done that pretty well but then if you're going to blow it and then you're going to so you're going to win 11 and 12 games for 5 years for four or five years straight um, after getting rid of your coach and you're telling me that your quarterback is asking you for something and you're not giving it to him, that's why he demanded a trade and that's why he was getting really, really mad at his management because we've seen that this is an issue and no one's addressing it. So in my opinion, I would definitely relate that to the Eagles uh, win a Super Bowl, and then you blow it. And then you totally blow your whole record up. But here's the thing. The Packers didn't blow their record up. They need some... They just need one thing, another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and you are in a Super Bowl. And you're probably going to win that Super Bowl. And I told you I would put him over Ben Roethlisberger because he beat Ben Roethlisberger in a Super Bowl over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I definitely, definitely would not go ahead and go ahead and debate this at all. I feel like that is a great comparison to make because in this situation, that is what's going on, except the Green Bay Packers have had a great record, unlike the Eagles, who had a great record in their Super Bowl run and then they're down to like four four wins and a tie. So this is this is the interesting part about it. What will Green Bay do once they sign Aaron Rodgers again? And they said that they want to extend him, but he wants something when he, if he gets extended. 
but I don't know if they will give in or not. Um, another player that got signed uh, today, Washington football team defensive end Jonathan Allen extends his contract to four years um, right there. Uh, and it's just interesting for me. Four, so four years, $72 million extension um, with $30 million guaranteed. Um, he was drafted 17th overall by Washington in 2017, and he has 17 sacks in his first four seasons. Um, the team uh, will... So they are exercising fifth-year option in his rookie contract on its last year this year so we'll we'll see what happens with that um in the next coming weeks if they decide to use that fifth year option on defensive end Jonathan Allen that will end the the segment uh and end our show today um like it's seriously I don't if um I'm not sure about what will happen um, about fifth-year option on Jonathan Allen or um, a certain addition to the Packers um, with um, that. um, When you talk about um, what happened with um, Aaron Rodgers um, and how... Um, they will add a if they will add a weapon or not. Um, we will see. Um, maybe they might um, in the next coming days or weeks. That will end our show today uh, on the Sports Site podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host Wesley Uthon, and I'll see you all tomorrow.